0: Genesis chapter 50 verse 20, Genesis chapter 50 verse 20, it's just one scripture that we are going to look at today, it is a summation of Joseph's Joseph's experience and he says, "Um, you intended to harm me, you intended to harm me, he's talking to his brothers, but God intended it for good. To accomplish what is now being done which is the saving of many lives you intended to harm me but god intended it for good we serve a god that can take any experience and make it good Yep, we don't understand it at the moment, we don't understand it, but we serve a God that can take any experience, any moment, any dark moment in our lives and make it good. Father, we thank you once again for your word. Let your word find us, let your word have weight, be glorified in our in our midst, in Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. According to psychologists... Matthew Killingsworth and Daniel Gilbert, the average person spends 46.9% of their time thinking about something other than what they're doing in the present moment. It's pretty scary. 46.9% of their time thinking in, about something other than what they're doing in the present moment. I'm guilty of that. In other words, we're living in the wrong time zone. We're depressed about the past, or we're worried about the future. We're distracted, we're frustrated, we're overwhelmed by this and by that. We're overwhelmed by the other thing. And we worry about hypotheticals, things that are not even occurring but they could possibly occur because of where we're finding ourselves in this present moment. And the truth is that it robs us of our joy. It robs us of our peace. It robs us of our sound mind that his word has declared over our lives. And that is not God's will for your life and for my life. It is not God's will for our life. And that is why the Bible tells us time and time again, that our focus should be on the present that our focus should be on the now the word the scripture says that give us this day our daily bread our daily bread the bible says take up your cross daily it says this is the day that the lord has made i will rejoice and be glad in it the bible says that his mercies are new every morning The Bible says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. The Bible says, don't worry about tomorrow. Here is the bottom line. Yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery. Our job is to focus on this moment. Our job is to focus on today and to make a change in the moment that we are living in right now. To make a change, to make a difference right now. I have no idea what you are going through this morning. I don't know the details of what you're experiencing or what problems that you are trying to solve, what habit you're trying to break, or what habit you're trying to build. I don't know that. But I know the secret to your success can be found in the Word of God, and it's going to happen one day at a time. One day at a time. You have to win today let's be successful today let's win today then you have to get up tomorrow morning and let's do it all over again let's win tomorrow do this two days in a row and it's called a winning streak so let me plant a seed of faith right here where you're at almost anyone can accomplish almost anything if they work at it long enough hard enough and smart enough you're capable of more than you can imagine that's right i'm declaring that over your life that you are capable of more than what you can ask or imagine why do i say this because the god that we serve can do immeasurably more than what we can imagine and because he is in us and he is with us it enables us to be in that same category that said 75 percent of new year's resolutions fell you ready for this within the first month 75 percent of new year's resolutions fell within the first month why because it is it seems like it's too much of a goal for too much of time one year's timeline it's overwhelming and you feel like quitting even before you start you know you start you know especially if new year's eve is on a friday and then new year's Day is on a saturday you'll say i'll start on monday I'll start on Monday. It it feels easier. So here's a question, and we'll keep coming back to it over the next few weeks as I delve into this topic. Pick a habit, any habit, and can you do it for a day? Can you do it for a day? You have to take your life goals and reverse engineer them into daily habits. Daily habits. So here's the good news that the only ceiling to your intimacy with God and the people that you are able to impact in your surrounding in your neighborhood is the daily spiritual disciplines that we develop. That is the only ceiling to the intimacy with God. How much time are you investing with God? How much time am I investing with God? How much time are we really devoting to him, I'm challenging you this morning that we can grow and we can grow collectively with daily decisions of saying, I'm going to choose God. I'm going to choose his word. I'm going to choose to worship. I'm going to choose to praise. I'm going to choose to have a good attitude. I'm going to choose to smile. I'm not a good billboard for God. If I'm always frustrated, if I'm always angry and they'll say, and, and you're a Christian, but I am a good billboard for God when I am smiling through the storm and, and I can't come to the house of God and lift up my hands when when all hell is breaking loose but still know that he is God and he sits on the throne That that, that I am able to show and be a good billboard for God that when I can acknowledge him and say I, I don't know why I'm in this but I know the God that I serve is faithful and he will not let me down he will not let me down it may not turn out the way I want it to be it may not happen when I want it to be but I do know in who I have trusted they trust in chariots they trust in horses the Bible says but us we will have our memory and our focus on God if you meet with God every day if we choose God every day he's going to show up and he's going to show off in the science of I know I'm throwing some research at you in the science of cybernetics there are two kinds of change Okay, first order changes behavioral. It's doing something more or less. If you're looking at losing weight, it's putting down the fork when the cheesecake comes around. It's eating less, exercising more. Those are steps in that right direction. I'm talking to myself, guys. First order change can facilitate a quick fix, but second order change is what really passes the test of time. first order change behavioral, but second order change is conceptual. It's mind over matter mind over matter the first creation is mental it's internal the second creation is physical it's external everything was once thought of follow me where i'm going everyone was once a thought and that included you the bible says that before you were formed in the womb of your mother that he knew you that includes you you don't just bear his image you are his idea don't ever let anybody tell you otherwise don't ever let anybody tell you different you are not an accident you're not a coincidence you weren't brought here by chance no you are you are his idea you are his workmanship you are a unique expression of who god is of his imagination and to see yourself as anything less is to believe a lie there has never been never will be anyone like you not a testament to you a testament to the god who created you and the significance of this because no one can be you no one can worship god like you can worship no one can serve god way you can serve him and we tend to think as habits as external exercises that increase proficiency or perhaps productivity no but it's practicing skills and it's practicing skills those external habits allow us to see results however the greatest benefit of all of this can be found in the internal habits that no one sees it's your internal monologue that's right I said all that to say it's your internal monologue what are you telling yourself What are you telling yourself? It's the way you explain your experiences to yourself, what you go through. It's the stories that you tell yourself day in and day out. On average, about 60,000 thoughts cross our minds every single day. 60,000 thoughts. And according to a study done by Cleveland Clinic, 80% of those thoughts are negative. 80% of those thoughts are negative. What are his intentions? What are his intentions? What is that person thinking? What is the doctor going to tell me? All of those thoughts that we go through, the problem is our thinking. The Bible says this, that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. What are you thinking? What am I thinking? Your thoughts have a psychological and physiological effect on the way we have. Your thoughts have the power to lower your blood pressure, to slow your pulse, And to boost your immunity. And they can do the exact opposite. The battle is won or lost in the mind. It's won or lost in the mind. Either way, the stories you tell yourself are far more important than the situation you find yourself in. I'll say that one more time. The story you tell yourself is far more important than the situation that you find yourself in. That's when and where we change the script. Let's look at it. Genesis 50, 20. So let me set the scene of what's taking place here. When Joseph was a teenager, the Bible says that he had a dream. He had a dream that his brothers would one day bow before him or bow down to him. And this is what happens. He makes the mistake of telling his brothers about his dream and his brothers fake his death and they sell him away so they already knew that joseph was the favorite el consentido they already knew this because he had a coat of many colors and it was evident that his father favored him out of his brothers. He already knew this, so to top it all off, he goes and he tells his brothers, hey, I had a dream one day that all of you, yeah, that's right, I'm the youngest, I'm I'm the second to the youngest, but all of you are going to bow down before me one day. What I learned from this is you have to be careful who you share your dreams with. You have to be careful who you share your dreams with. Not everyone in this world, unfortunately, is for us. Not everyone is rooting for us. Not everyone is cheering us on. Not everyone wants to see us succeed. There are people that the moment you share something with them, they're, they're all conspiring to see how they can bring you down. You have to surround yourself with people who trust you, who believe in you, who are cheering you on, who are rooting you, who are saying, you know what, you can do all things through Christ uh, that strengthen you have to surround yourself uh, with people that will build you up and say that if any two agree and if they ask anything for the, uh, to the father that he will ask you have to surround yourself with people of like-minded faith uh, that can say you know what you're struggling but I'm gonna struggle right here with you while you're praying I'm gonna pray right here with you yes you're believing God for your marriage you're believing God for your business you're believing God for your finances you're believing God God for your spiritual development. You're believing God and I'm going to believe. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you've made some mistakes. I've made mistakes also, but I'm going to encourage you in your moment. I have to surround myself. Joseph tells his brothers. Joseph shares with his brothers his dream and immediately they begin to conspire against him and they do execute a plan. And, And this is the second thing that I learned from this, that they throw him into a pit they take his coat they rip it perhaps they take the Bible says animal they kill an animal they put the animals blood on this coat and then they take it to their father Jacob and they say isn't this Joseph's coat that was the question that was asked that's what the Bible says they never said Joseph is dead they never said joseph was killed they never said they just took pieces of evidence they took the coat they took animal's blood and splattered it on it and they said isn't this joseph's coat and J- and jacob makes the conclusion he arrives to the conclusion yes it is joseph's coat and yes he must be dead he himself took a few pieces of evidence and uh, developed and formed his own conclusion based off of what he saw why am i saying that how many times have you and i How many times have you and I formed and shaped our own conclusions based off of the evidence that we have available? And we jump to conclusions and we cause undue stress and undue worry and undue frustration based off of what we are seeing. But we are believing a lie. How many times have you taken those details and pieced it all together and said, It must be this sickness. It must be. How many times have you looked up uh, the symptoms uh, on your phone and said, I must have this or I must have that? Causing undue worry. The Bible tells us that our enemy is the father of all lies. And I cancel this morning the lies that he is speaking to you based off of the evidence that you have formed together, they they are lies trying to deceive you and trying to cause you to draw your own conclusions. Well, I guess I am dying. No, the Bible says I will not die. I will live and I will declare the works of the Lord. What are you telling yourself through the situation? The captain of my salvation said, behold, I give you power to tread over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and there shall by no means anything harm you. God has not given us a spirit of fear but a power of love and of a sound mind I, that's right i will not lose my mind i will not lose my mind i will not end up depressed i will not end up worried no i will not no no greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world <laughs> hallelujah so let's fast forward joseph ends up in prison for a crime he did not commit and if anybody could have played the victim card it was him if anyone could have played the victim card as joseph but that isn't the story that joseph narrates to himself it's the internal monologue that he is telling himself nobody loves me nobody nobody appreciates me nobody supports me no no he 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 has all the right to play the victim card his brothers his blood brothers truly threw him into a pit despised rejected he could have but it's not the story that he narrates to himself no long story short short Joseph interprets Pharaoh's dream. Jo- Pharaoh puts a ring on Joseph's finger, and he puts, he elevates him to the second in command of all of Egypt. Thirteen years after selling him into slavery, his brothers come knocking on his door because there's a famine in the land. They're begging for food because of this. And the Bible says in Genesis 43 and 28, he says to his brother, he says his brothers uh, says his brothers bow down before him. So Genesis 43 and 28 actually is the realization of his dream happening before him. I can only imagine what Joseph thought in that moment what he felt in that moment the vision that he had when he was just a teenager the vision that went off the rails the vision that took a wrong turn the vision that seemed so far away the vision that didn't seem possible that vision is fulfilled in this moment I want to encourage someone today keep dreaming your vision may your dream may have taken turns your dreams may have gone ups through ups and downs keep dreaming that vision is fulfilled And in that moment and in the Bible and when the Bible says in Genesis 50 and 20, it's it's like a time lapse video. You know, when, when you can see everything that has occurred in your life, he looks back at everything that he's faced. He looks back at everything that he's gone through. He's looked at the ups and the downs, all the pain and the suffering, the twists and the turns. And this is what he says after having gone through it all. He tells his brothers, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. He's telling himself, yes, I've gone through heartaches, but God has made it good because if I weren't If I hadn't gone through all of that, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. And if I hadn't gone through all that, I wouldn't be able to provide for my people, for my people, food in the time of need. There perhaps could have been someone else that would have said, I'm not going to take care of of you. But Joseph was there because it was ordained by God. Because he, he knows the beginning from the end. And he knows everything in between. You intended it for harm. But God made it good he says but God aren't you glad that God inserted himself in your story aren't you glad that he inserted himself in your story that that everything God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done so to change the script you have to do three things I promise i'll go through it very quickly you have to number one you have to know your name you have to know your name charles horton cooley said this i am not what i think i am and i am not what you think i am i am what i think you think i am It's a bit of a tongue twister i know Our sense of self comes from a lot of different sources sometimes it's as simple as someone saying you're good at this or bad at that and we shape that how many times was that spoken to us that shaped who we are stopped playing a sport because someone told us something because I took your concept of me and made it into my identity I am what I think you think I am either way it's telling other people and it's letting other people narrate your story it's living your life according to others expectations and to what to where the bar is set by other people for you so it's critical for us to stop forming ourselves on what people speak into us and and taking what the scripture speaks into us what does his word say about me the book of james compares the Bible to a mirror where I'm able to look at myself and to be able to see, to see my reflection and to discover who we are in the eyes of God. And this is how we know our name. So looking back at Joseph's story from Genesis, after playing a few mind games with his brothers, and you really can't blame him for doing that, Joseph finally reveals his identity to them. And in Genesis 45 and 3, he says, I am Joseph. He tells his brothers, I am Joseph. We read right past this and say, of course you're Joseph. But why is this important? It's important because it's something that is often overlooked in this story. Is that when Pharaoh made Joseph second in command, he didn't just give him a ring. He didn't just give him authority to make decisions. But he also gave him an Egyptian name, Zaphnath Paniah. It would have been easy for Joseph to have gotten caught up in his new role that he forgot who he really was it would have been easy for joseph to forget who he was if you allow it culture will name you or tame you culture will speak to you it will label you and it will define you you have to know who you are you have to know whose you are and you need to know your name you are blessed you are chosen You are blameless. You are adopted by the Heavenly Father. You are redeemed by Christ. You are sealed by the Holy Spirit. You are stamped with the image of God. You are who God says you are. Don't let culture, don't let society tell you who you are. No, I am a child of the living God. I have His image. You have to know your name. I am not who they say I am. I am who he says I am. You have to fix your focus. Fix your focus. A popular saying that you may know states this. Your focus determines your reality. Your focus determines your reality. Where are you putting your energy? Where are you putting your strength? It ultimately becomes your reality. Philippians 4 says this. If anything is right... If anything is good, if anything is pure, just, admirable, think about such things. Why? Because your focus will determine your reality. You have to think of what is right. You have to think of what is good. You have to think of what is pure. You have to think of what is just. You have to think of what is admirable. Your focus will determine your reality. If you're looking for an excuse, you will always find an excuse. If you're looking for a reason why, you'll always find a reason why. But if you're looking for something to be grateful for, you'll always find something to be grateful for. You'll always find something to be grateful for. Things are not always going my way. But you know what? I'm still alive. I'm still breathing. I still have an opportunity to turn this around. I, I, still have, I still have breath in my lungs. And I still have a pulse. And I still have a right mind. I still can do something about this. Joseph could have played the victim card, as I said before. He could have also played God And even the score with his brothers. He could have let them die. He could have made that choice and that decision. But he doesn't do either of those things. No, he fixed his focus. He fixed his focus. Dr. Martin Saligman said that all of us have what's called an explanatory style. Explanatory style. It's the manner in which you habitually explain to yourself why events happen in it's those explanations not the experiences themselves but the explanation of what you tell yourself that can define us so what is joseph's explanatory style in genesis fifty twenty? you intended to harm me but god made it good God made it good. You intended to harm me, but that's not where I'm going to focus my energy. It's not about revenge for me. It's not about getting even with you. It's not about me having the last laugh. No, it's not where I'm going to focus my energy. I'm going to focus my energy on God intended it for good. I wouldn't be where I'm at today had it not been for what I went through the other day. If I had not gone through that, I wouldn't Know God the way I know Him today. You see, it is the experiences of life and it is the challenges and the conflict that 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 we Through that, we get to know God and we get to understand him a little bit better. If I was never sick, I wouldn't know him as a healer. If I was never lonely, I wouldn't know that he's a company keeper. If I was never in trouble, I wouldn't know that he's a bridge over troubled waters. It takes an experience for me to know him. This is where I focus my energy that the God that we serve can take the pain and can take the hurt and can take the loneliness and can take the rejection and can take the people walking out on us the tears and make it something good uh, For I, for the Bible says that all things work together for good uh, for them that love God and that are called according to his purpose all things, all the tears, all the trials, all the struggle, all things, he takes some awe and puts a puzzle together and says I'm going to make it good I'm going to take that, I'm going to, David's said it this way he said it was good for me to be afflicted because if I had never been afflicted I wouldn't know the power of God if I hadn't gone through that I wouldn't praise him the way I praise him if I hadn't gone through that I wouldn't look at him the way I but I know after having lived a while and having, after having my back against the wall I know that he is my quick help in the time of need I know it because I've lived it And you know it too you know that you wouldn't be here today had it not been for his goodness it had not been for his mercy it allowed him so he fixes his focus the short answer to that is fixing our focus. is to fix our focus is fixing our eyes on jesus i love the story of peter Stepping out of the boat, he walks on water, he does the impossible because he has his eyes on Jesus. The moment he takes his eyes off of Jesus, he starts to sink. But while wow, his focus was on him, it's an incredible. Same situation, same setting, but two different outcomes. It matters where your focus is at. All right. Keep your eyes on him. The last thing, worship team, where you come? Man, I'm taking a while today. Rewrite. So the last thing, you've got to rewrite your story. You've got to rewrite your story. To be able to change the script, you have to know your name. You've got to fix your focus. You have to change. Rewrite your story. What does this mean? Because all of us are born into someone else's story. Think of it that way. You were born into your parents' story. Your parents were born into your grandparents' story. And it goes on and on who you are, who we are is who we were born into your last name, all of that, your genetics, what makes you unique is because we were born into someone else's story. For better or for worse, regardless of what the story was like, you were born into it. But the good news is this. The good news is, is as children of God. We get when we get grafted into God's family. We get grafted into God's story. We get grafted into God's story. For the same reason that some of us can run five miles a day, eat salads and still have high cholesterol because it runs in our family or as my cousin says, no, nothing runs in my family, everything walks in my family there's some things we inherit because who our family is we get grafted into God's story that the scripture becomes our narrative and the scripture becomes who we are that I'm bought with a price. That's what I'm telling myself right now. What are you telling yourself? I'm bought with a price. I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus, who loved us. For there is nothing that can separate me from the love of God. Height, depth, there is nothing that can separate me from the love of God. When Paul said, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthen me, what he was talking about is the context was he was talking about. I know what it's like to have suffered. I know what it's like to have an abundance. I know what it's like to be on the good end of things. I know what it's like to be on the bad end of things, but through that all, he said, I can do all things through Christ that strengthened me. That's, a nar- that's the narrative he's writing. He's telling himself, it doesn't matter in what situation I'm in. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthen me. I will bless the Lord at all times. Whether I'm rich, poor, sick, or healthy, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. Not if I feel good, not if I feel, not if I feel good, not if I feel bad. No, I'm going to praise Him anyway. I'm going to praise Him regardless because He is God. I'm not going to, I'm not going to depend on my emotions. I'm not going to depend on my sometimes I do feel tired. Sometimes I do feel depressed. Sometimes Sometimes I don't want to come to church, but I'm going to bless his name anyway. Sometimes my arms are tired, but I'm going to lift them anyway. Sometimes my hands are hurt, but I'm going to clap because the Bible says clap your hands, all ye people, and shout to the Lord with the voice of triumph. It is about me rewriting the story. I will overcome. I will be victorious. I don't know why I'm going through this, but I know, I know that he is God, and my calm in my trust my faith is in a god that is greater than my struggle greater than my challenge greater than my sickness my god is greater than what i'm facing right now my god is greater than what i'll face tomorrow god is greater still i will rewrite and put my eyes on him please stand I am who he says I am, and you are who he says you are. You see yourself struggling, but he calls you a victor. You see yourself barely making it, but he calls you blessed. You're worried about how you're going to pay the bills. But he says, I own the cattle of a thousand Hills. You're worried. You're worried about your state of mind, but he says, I I give you a spirit of a sound mind. He says, I I was beaten and I was bruised for the peace that is over your life. His word says that his peace will guard our hearts. You are who he says you are. You are who I declare that I'm speaking. You may not even believe it right now, but I'm speaking it over you. You are blessed. You are healed, you're delivered, you're forgiven. You're free from guilt, you're free from shame, you're free from your past. I declare it right now. Right now, lift your hands. Father, we thank you. We thank you in this place, in this moment. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your word that comes to encourage us that comes to challenge us to challenge us that comes to remind us of who we are in you of who we are in you God and I'm grateful God and right now we just stop and say thank you for the for the good times, but we also say thank you for the bad times uh, we, we thank you for the heartache we thank you for the hurt uh, because it has shaped us into knowing you greater and knowing you deeper and knowing you in a way that we've never known you before I thank you God uh, that you take everything in my life everything every good thing every bad thing and you make it good uh, you, you intended it for good. I thank you this morning. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. With every eye closed. Every head bowed. Maybe today. Maybe today you want to make. It. You've never had the opportunity to make Jesus. Your personal savior. You've never. You've heard him. Be referred to as others. Others savior but he's never been your savior he can be your savior today he can be your savior today and if you'd like to make a first time decision to follow jesus and to accept him with every eye closed i'm going to invite you to raise your hand right where you're at raise it raise it high let us know i see you Let us know in the chat, we'd like to pray with you. So everyone, please repeat after me. Lord, I admit, I am a sinner in need of a savior. I believe you are Jesus, the son of God, who died for the sins of the world. And I confess you as Lord, savior, and king of my life. In Jesus' name, amen.